But if we want to be an expert in life skills, well, this would be one of the skills that's important, right? Like, you know, all we truly are is a collection of our habits, right? Like I don't have cavities because I brush my teeth two or three times a day, right? Like, you know, I, I am not overweight because of my eating habits and, and, you know, uh, and my exercise habits, right? So all we are is habits. For over 260 episodes, Dwayne Brummett and Ali Albarigo have been sharing how to take your martial arts school to the next level. Welcome to another edition of SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Now here's your host, Dwayne and Ali. Hey there, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Uh, great to be with you guys. Uh, Ali, I cannot see you. There you are. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're muted. You're muted, Allie. Okay, there we go. I was clicking the button and it just didn't unmute. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So how are you today, sir? I am awesome. I'm excited about our topic. And, you know, I didn't realize how atomic it would be. You know, it's explosive, right? Like we, I posted it on our group and how many people and by the way what was really cool and how many people actually started reading the book because of our post that was cool to see so uh you know the authors should be really happy because we got a bunch of people to buy his book but at the same time uh, so many people saying how great the book was yeah it's a it's a really good book and honestly my uh, head instructor uh, mr bean he's the one that uh, turned that book on to me you know he's the one that said uh uh, you know, I should read that, you know, read that, uh, the book. And so I'm like, okay. And he gave me the book for Christmas. As oh, a Christmas wow. Gift. Yeah. Great. So I had never heard of the book at all. Yeah. That's amazing. And then just so people know the newer book that we're reading, which I'm like loving, loving this book is, um, called upstream. And it was recommended to me by Solomon Brenner, who's going to pop on with us in a little while. He's a very, very successful school owner. And uh, he's also read the book Atomic Habits, and uh, he's he recommends it to all his his people. I think he's got like 22 schools, like 40 or 50 employees under him, and he makes it mandatory reading. And then another cool thing is next week, I think I'm not sure though if it's my our group or um, with the other group I work with. I'm going to do an interview with Stephen Oliver. I believe well, you, you texted me and told me it was us. Then it is. That, yeah, forgive my memory. I'm just like all over doing so many things. So we have Stephen Oliver on who's uh, who also commented on how he, he made it mandatory reading, Atomic Habits, mandatory reading for all of his black belts and school owners to read. So I think that's pretty cool. But Upstream is the following follow-up book that we'll do um, next month. So, I mean, uh, we'll review it. But um, yeah, so... I'm excited about this, Dwayne. So what did you get out of it? I mean, I burned through this book and, and I, you know, from my point of view, just so you know, every time I read something, I thought about me as a teacher, less of myself as a business owner. Um, of course, how I could be a better teacher and how, of course, that would in turn make me a better, better school owner. But that's, that's what I got out of this book, the habits and how to change them. So what were your thoughts on it? Well, I, I will say one, um, some of the stuff, uh, some of the information was not new, right? but it was presented in a way that I had some aha or uh, awakening moments. Yeah. And isn't that true with, uh, with, with information that you, you, you have, you have part of a key, um, but then, you know, you, you, you don't have the, the total key until you read another book or something. Does that kind right. of make sense? No, it does. And, and I want to thank you, Dwayne, because like, you know, I, I've read thousands of books you love to read. I love to read. And quite often you buy me a book or whatever, and I read it. And um, one of my best books that you've ever given to me was Never Split the Difference, right, by Phil Voss. And that literally made me tens of thousands of dollars and still making me money. So when you came up with this concept of doing like a book club of the month, I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then it became a little bit to me like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to read a book every month. And what if I don't want to read that week? Because there have been times where I just didn't feel like reading, right? But every morning I discipline myself and I wake up and I read um, before I go to bed at times. If not, when I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm reading and I pick up the book. So it's really helped me 
get back into the whole self-improvement dynamic of myself, you know, in general. So I appreciate you for that. Yeah, my pleasure. And, you know, that kind of goes along with, uh, obviously, habits, the atomic habits of, uh, you know, I, I like, you know, what, what James, uh, the, the author, James Clear, what he, and it's funny, his name is Clear, right? Right. right. Clear in your habits. Uh, yeah. But uh, the habit stacking, and, yeah. you know, you know, putting a habit, we got Solomon coming in right now, cool. uh, you know, putting a habit with other habits in order to make that habit a habit, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's our, he's going to wait till his audio connects. There he is. Hey, sir. Hey, how are you guys? How are you? Good morning. Good early or, you know, before <laughs> afternoon, right? Well, like, yeah, good brunch time. Right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, we were just talking about you. We were talking about the book. Thanks for coming on. I told everybody that you read the book as well and you share it with your people and your team. So you're in here to just reinforce and chat about the book with us. So we were just talking about, Dwayne was just saying on the book, uh, Atomic Habits on how he has a, what was it, habit stacking you mentioned? Yeah, I like, I love the idea of habit stacking. Not that I didn't hear uh, on uh, different concepts on that, but again, it's just funny when you read something and then, and then it actually clicks when somebody else tells you about it. You know, it's kind of like the concept, your parents told you the same thing over and over again, but then when your karate instructor told you, you thought it was gold, you yeah. know? <laughs> Yeah, the advice same, from same the person with, far away. Right. Same right. thing with your children, right? You tell them all day long, don't do this, don't do that. And then when somebody else, my students too, I'll bring a guest instructor in and the guy will teach something. And then people are like, oh my God, that's the greatest. Like, I've been teaching you that for three years. Like, why don't you why don't you see it? You know, it's the funniest dynamic when it comes from someone else, right? So Solomon, do me a favor. Uh, can you just so the listeners know? Can you give us a quick background of you and 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 your schools? And then uh, I got a couple of questions for you about the book too. Yeah, awesome. So uh, thank you so much for uh, allowing me to join you guys. We read this book in our organization. I think a couple of different ways. We have something called Hit Team that we did anyway about me. So I've been training the martial arts for a little over thirty years. Um, started our schools almost 27 years ago to be 27 years a little later this year. Um, we have 22 schools. Uh, we, you know, they're all full-time schools with full-time people. They are, you know, we own about half the real estate under the schools. Um, and, you know, we have meetings every single day. Like we, yeah, like we're, we're a pretty, I think, unique organization in that like everybody's full-time in every one of our schools. So yeah, that's me. All right. right. And then, uh, so Atomic Habits, obviously this, this caught your, your interest that we were reading the book and then uh, sharing information about it. What, why did you, you know, make this a mandatory reading for your um, staff? And then uh, from there, how did you make sure that they knew, you know, kind of what you wanted them to catch out of the book? So I, I use, a, I use, two filters for when I'm making something mandatory. And you know, we're also, I also don't really police anything. So anybody who's watching realize that if somebody in an organization doesn't read it, I probably know, but there's really no consequence for not doing it other than they're probably not as good in their life as they could be, sure. in my opinion. So what I, so the, the two filters that we use in order to make something you know strongly recommended or mandatory is number one will it help them and number two will it help them help their students right so when they're talking to their students will that give them you know we always act like we're somehow experts and we certainly want to get paid like experts right we want to get paid the same way a doctor an attorney or an engineer does well you know they went through a lot of schooling to get there and although we could say oh well we got our black belts awesome but if we want to be an expert in life skills well this would be one of the skills that's important right like you know, all we truly are is a collection of our habits, right? Like I don't have cavities because I brush my teeth two or three times a day, right? Like, you know, I, I am not overweight because of my eating habits and, and you know, uh, and my exercise habits, right? So all we are is habits. So giving them just another way of looking at habits, another way of looking at their life was good for them. And it makes them an expert in their world, you know, which is teaching karate class. You know what? I love that you mentioned the brushing of the teeth because he mentions that in the book. I think he, I'm like, by the way, some of the, I'm reading so many books, they're all kind of blending together. I know. So, I printed out some summaries. Yeah, I, I know. know. It's crazy because like, I'm like, okay, did I, is it something I just read or was it in this book? But I remember he talked about how um, 
why is it that brushing our teeth, that's, that's our habit, we don't do it without any question, yet there's so many other activities that are good for us that we struggle with. And why is the teeth brushing the most foundational in every culture right nowadays, right, that people just do without question, they don't miss it, they never, you know, that kind of thing. So I thought that was interesting. And, and that's what I love, Dwayne, about the, what you said with the uh, uh, habit stacking, like, you know, one good habit after the other and how they lead into each other, you know, so that, um, you know, it makes it easier to accomplish your goal rather than just saying, I'm going to lose weight. You know, like a lot of people do that on New Year's. They kiss their spouse and say, this is my year. And by January 4th, they're already off target and they're onto the old habits again. So I thought that that, that was awesome. I thought that was one of the topics I really loved about the book. Dwayne, I don't know much about you. Can you share? I'm sure all your listeners do because you guys do this regularly, but I don't really know much about you. Uh, yeah, I bought my black belt on uh, Amazon.com. No, just kidding. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I started martial arts when I was 17 years old, about a month away from my 18th birthday. So I'm 47 now. Um, and uh, just this past weekend, I test for, tested for my seventh degree black belt. So that kind of, kind of tells you where I'm at. That doesn't mean anything, but you know what I'm saying. So doing it for uh, long. I'm, I'll be 47 in March okay. in, uh, in like six days. Perfect. No, four days, four days, four days. Oh, uh, yeah. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. My birthday okay. was last month. I'm the oldest out of all of us. I was, I'm 56. So, and, and yet you look the best, sir. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Now, when I got to about second degree black belt, I, the traditional style that I was in, I, I, I really found that there were, I hate to say it this way. Uh, there were holes. Like I, 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 I really couldn't have, I was a great spar, great forms person, but you know, if somebody would have choked me, I would have been dead. If somebody would have brought me to the ground, I would have been over. I mean, just, so there was a whole world that opened up to me, uh, about, you know, six and a half, seven years into my traditional training, if that makes sense. And, uh, from there on out, I was like, I, I'm not just, a, I love the traditions, but I'm not going to be a traditional school owner. I'm going to, I'm going to look for everything I can in order to make my students grow um, you know, from ground to stand up to in close fighting to weapons with regards to guns, knives, you know, impact weapons, all those things. And then obviously teaching the character development alongside of, uh, you know, the self-defense piece with regards to, you know, being able to be aware of your surroundings, know what's happening around you, all those type of things. So I, I uh, we're about uh, 45 minutes south of Chicago. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, I've been to Dwayne's school, huge school, gorgeous, you know, really well put together, clean, um, beautiful organization. Like I thought he, he had probably, I did a, a weapons seminar there and he probably had a few hundred people. And the, the funny thing, he took this whole unique marketing approach, didn't even put me on the flyer, but said we have a ninja or guest, like he had a, a picture of a blacked out face and it was like the secret person coming in and people were like, he was packed to the to the hilt. It was a great marketing campaign that he did and it worked out really, really well. It's pretty cool. It was quite fun. Yeah. So, so you know what, on this book, you know what I thought too was how you guys said before, like how habits shape who we are. And you said that we're nothing more than a combination of our habits. Right. And, but what that of course could be very bad too. Right. So how people have all these negative habits, they, you know, I, I, I'm not a, I don't curse. And I find it unique because I hear it so much because I don't curse. And I, I was just at the diner this morning and the table of two doors, I was meeting with my friends that we meet every Wednesday, martial artists, and like two tables over these adults, like literally every third word was the F-bomb. Like they couldn't complete a sentence and string it together without cursing. And um, I find that some of these habits are so destructive in our behavior. Um, and, and people wonder why they're not getting anywhere, even in the way they think about, you know, politics or about luck or about hard work. It's just very damaging. What are your thoughts on that? Cause that was a big thing about the, the habits being who you are. How do we fix it? How do we correct it? What did you think? I, th I think like for me, you guys, I'm sure know the frog and the scorpion story. Yeah. Right. So I think it all comes back to that, like who you just see yourself as being, and there's no habit that's going to change my life. To, you know, there's no activity today that's going to change my life today. Like I can go, you know, run five miles right now, but that's not going to make me healthy. It's running right. five miles over the next five years that will make me healthy. Right. Or eating or reading the right books or meeting with you guys. Like I was just jealous. You said like, oh, I have my karate friends for lunch, that, you know, for breakfast yeah. at the diner. I was like, <laughs> and I have a meeting every day with karate people, but um, yeah. 
I was thinking, oh, I'd like to do that. But that habit one time is going to change anything. But over the course of a lifetime, being associated with those same people is probably the reason you don't curse. And if you yeah. were just two tables over every day or every Wednesday, you probably yeah. would curse, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's the culmination. It's like compound interest, right? Like making a little bit of interest this, you know, or people that say, oh, I crushed the market this year. Talk to me about 20 years. Right. You know what I mean, like, tell me how you tell me how you're crushing it over 20 years. Not, you know, I bought Tesla, you know, I bought Tesla stock and I happened to hit a home run. Right. Let, let's see how you do over, you know, the long period. So, like for me, you know, a lot of it's just who you see yourself being. You see yourself as the fat guy Like you see yourself as a vegetarian. So you just don't eat meat. Like that's who right. you are. It's right. not, you don't look at the menu and you're like debating on chicken parm. Right. It's just not there to you. So it's, you know, it's who you see you should have being like the frog and the scorpion back to that. Yeah. Sorry, I ramble. Hey, no, no, listen. I, I, and I, and I, you know, I kind of, that's interesting. Cause like lately when I read a book, I, I see it from two different personalities. And I was telling Dwayne this morning on that other book that I'm reading, but this book, especially too, I, I read this book. And for me, it resonated with me as the instructor and the school owner. Of course, I'm a business owner and all that other stuff. But whenever I thought of the habit stacking or the habit developing, I thought of how I would train my students to be better as students. Like even I did, you know, I'm sure you guys could be frustrated. You're frustrated with this too. It might probably happens at your school where kids don't know how to tie their belts. And then the parents don't know how to tie them. And they kind of like wrap them up and send them in. And then we fixed them. And so we started, I started a belt tying challenge in my school. So like I, I filmed myself three different angles and I'm like, we're doing this month and all the months pro after this, we're going to do a belt tie challenge until every kid four years old on and up and are going to tie their belts perfectly. And it, you know, the pride these kids show just simply knowing how to tie their own belts. Right. And the parents are like, yeah, my son, Gavin, he's got it down. Show him Gavin. Like they're proud too that they, and it's such a mini little thing, but it all came from how do I like, rather than just throw my arms in the air and going, ah, this is just, you know, never going to happen. They're never going to learn. I got out of that book. How do I change their habit? How do I, make it into something fun? How do I stack it on a benefit and show the benefit? And that was something that I thought that I got out of it too. That's awesome. And yeah. Yeah, the belt thing is definitely frustrating. We go through like ebbs and flows of like anything else. If we focus on belt tying, they all can tie their belts. If we kind of like ignore it, pretend we don't see it or don't see it. Right. And you know, three months later or a year later, we're like, why are all these kids belt look ridiculous? Why, yes. what is happening around here? Exactly. Um, and then, you know, we have a meeting with our team and we talk about like our, we got to, you know, nip in the bud every day. And yeah. you know, if you do it like for a little while, of course it works, but you know, again, just, it's just a habit of doing it the right way. It's, but it's our habit that really affects that. Right. Because they don't know how to tie it and they're right. never going to know how to tie it. We did put a video. We have like a video pinned at the top of Facebook, like on our friends and family page, you know, for our students only. And like one of the videos is like, here's how to tie your belt. You have to, if you're a professional, you need to do it. Yeah, and that's what I love about our app with uh, with Spark membership, the app. I have it pinned to the top of my app. So the it says belt tie challenge. So when they open up the app to reserve a class, they got to scroll down to get to their class. So they see it. And um, and now their kids are like, hey, here's the phone and here's the right. app. Click on the video. And it's really helping create that culture. You're going to say something, Dwayne? Yeah, here's what I'd like to do is, you know, you, they're in their trial. They finally sign up, right? They enroll and, uh, you know, and then I present them with their uniform and say, all right, great. Now, I know that we've been working on belt tying, but in order to come into your next class, you have to have your belt tied correctly. You cannot come in to that class until your belt is tied correctly. And no, mom cannot do it for you. That's what right. I'd like to do. <laughs> yeah. We, we've done stuff like that. Like you can't balance a class unless like the instructor gives you the okay. Yes. And then of course, if it's not good, of course, they're on their knee doing it. And we try to say like, all right, mom or dad, come over here so you can see how it's done. So right. next time, you know, we try and get the parents, you know, buy in and get their involvement, of course. Yeah. But again, we, we, we've done exactly that. But, you know, well, when we stop, when we stop doing it, then it, you know, it doesn't happen anymore. When we right, exactly. Right. What, what focus, what you focus on expands. <laughs> well, you know what, thinking of this though, this is exactly why I got this out of the book. I'm like, how do I, and by the way, I'm reading your, the book you recommended next month. We're doing the book that you recommended, which was upstream and I'm loving loving that book um but uh so i'm thinking to myself like okay the problem is x 
how do we change that problem rather than throw our hands up in the air? And quite often we feel like we're swimming upstream on certain things. So I, I said, I'll just make this a challenge. Everyone loves a challenge. And now, and, and listen, not everyone's buying into it. That's all we're talking about. So that in the end, everyone is tying their belts. And that's important to me to make sure that happens. So I love um, what it like, what are some of the things like the difference between habits and goals? Like he kind of flips it. It's not really a goal because goals are one time or you accomplish it and you're done with it. But he talks about it. Um, the author talks about like the difference of creating a habit versus setting a goal. What, any thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, of course, you know, like a goal is, you know, something, a, a goal is just a way to, I think, ignite a habit, right? Like a way to like get the habit going. But I can have a goal, I want it. It's the actions every day and then getting past the lag, right? Like you start saving money in the beginning, it doesn't seem like anything's really happening. Or you start like eating healthier, exercising, it doesn't seem like anything's happening. It takes, so you're always like lagging your, your habits but you have to be consciously aware, like, okay, I'm saving now, nothing's really happening, but 10 years from now, the savings compounded as well as, you know, investment return, there's going to be a significant amount there. Or, you know, I stopped eating sugar, you know, even a month into it, you might feel better, but five years into it, you're really going to see the effect, right? So I think it's, you have to like be aware of the lag and the goal is kind of like what you want to be, but it's the little tiny habits that really get you there. And Dwayne, I mean, you are, Dwayne does health coaching uh, for uh, people through his school and, and um, he helps so many people. Like I look at the pictures where a woman lost a hundred pounds or 80 pounds or whatever it was. And, and I guess it's the same concept, right, Dwayne? It's about changing the concept of what you think is health or create, creating habits. Like, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, in regards to it all. Yeah, well, one of the things that we really stress is that, you know, the our, our program is really a personal development program with with a, an eating component, really, <laughs> you know, um, and it's not about dieting. It's about learning the healthy habits that are going to sustain you for the rest of your life. And so, you know, we talk about that, you know, getting your getting your body healthy is actually easy. Getting your mind healthy. That's that's where usually most of us have the challenge. And so it's for me, it's about showing them how to get their body, uh, get their or the, you know, getting their mind healthy along with getting the body healthy at the same same time. Uh, but what was it? Zig Ziglar always said that a message can travel around the world in a matter of seconds, but sometimes it takes, you know, years before it penetrates the last three quarters of an inch, which is your skull, you know, so that you like you finally get it. And, um, you know, one of my, one of my clients, I, and I took this from the book, by the way, uh, from the, the, you know, uh, atomic habits was she was having a, a lot of trouble getting into her life book. And part of the life book is the educational component with regards to, you know, our system, you know? And so I, I said, well, is it that you don't want new information in order to change habits? And she said, no, it's not that I don't want it. I just can't find time to do it. I said, okay, so give me your routine that you do in, a mor in the morning. She gave me her routine. She gets up at five, by 5.15, that she's always sitting on her favorite couch with a cup of coffee. And I said, well, what do you do normally? She says, normally I'm on my phone scrolling through Facebook. I said, what if we were to take a habit that you already have, getting up at five, by 5.15, having your cup of coffee, sitting down, and read your life book for five minutes? Just, just five minutes. That's it. Don't read it any more than that. Right. You know, and she's like, okay, yeah, I can do that. I said, okay, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down. And again, I took this from the book, <laughs> write down that, you know, uh, I'm going, you know, I, I am, I am going to get up at five or I'm going to get up at 5am by 5.15pm. I'm going to be sitting in my favorite chair, reading my life book for five minutes. And then I said, all I want you to do is just text me when you're done. She goes, yeah, but it's like five, it'd be 520 in the morning. I said, don't worry, my phone's on silent until 6, 6, uh, 6 a.m. anyway, so I won't even hear it. But I'll, when I get up at six, I'll be able to see. And she's been doing that every single morning. And now she's graduated from five minutes to 10 minutes. She's reading it now 10 minutes, you know? And so she's now created that habit of, of sitting down in that chair, reading that life book. Uh, and so we stacked a new habit with an existing routine that was already there. And I love that's kind of like what he talks about in the book too, as uh, his second law, like, and that's making it attractive. 
So making it interesting to the person, how they could see it as being something they want to do. So, so thoughts on that? No, I, uh, I think it becomes attractive. Probably the first day she did it, it was not attractive because she's so addicted to Facebook, right? Yeah. And that's pretty powerful attraction. But I'm guessing over the course of 21 or 30 days, you know, when she starts seeing results and she starts thinking a different way, right? Like that's when it becomes like, she starts to identify. He says, I'm reading this. It says outcomes are what you, what you get, right? That'd be the goal. Processes are what you do. Identity is about what you believe. And it's all, and it really starts, we're saying habits, but I think it's really identity. It's who you believe you are. Well, you know, be everything, right? Like whether you're an exercise person or you're a business person or just like just a karate guy or whatever. Yeah. Well, isn't that true? I loved what he said with regards to, uh, you know, the two people that were quitting smoking, right? When he talked about the, you know, uh, you got, you got two guys that, that just quit smoking, right? You turn to one of them and you say, Hey, would you like a cigarette? And that guy goes, no, thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to quit. So He's still identifying as a smoker, but a smoker who's trying to quit. You turn to the other one and you say, you know, hey, would you like a cigarette? And he goes, no, no. Uh, he says, no, thanks. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a smoker. Right. Exactly. And that's such a huge mind shift. I know it sounds uh, really not different, but when you put it into context, it is totally different. And I yeah. really loved that. I can't tell you how many times I've used that now, just even in my, uh, you know, it with my health coaching one, but then even in my classroom, uh, as martial artists, I say, are you guys martial artists or are you just doing the martial art? Yeah. That's one of my big statements and people don't quite frankly know how to answer that question most of the time. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's about who you are. Like it, it's like a school owner, you, you know, sometimes they're almost embarrassed to say that's what they do for a living or they're looking to, they say it, but they're almost anticipating on people thinking that it's a, not a noble career. Well, and I'm super proud to, to say what I do. Like and people are envious. And Solomon, I mean, look, you, I mean, that's kind of what you're saying is that is our, uh, uh, you know, our identity, right? When I say I'm not, a, I, no thanks, I'm not a smoker. I mean, that's our identity. I can remember being in high school and uh, at 16 years of age, I did, went to my very first party. I got so drunk that I was like, I am not doing this anymore. This is, I'm not a drinker. And so every party that I went to after that, because I still went to the parties with my friends, I would get, hey, you want to you want to drink? And I go, no, thanks. I don't drink. Exactly. I didn't identify as a drinker that, yeah. you know, anyways, uh, Solomon, go ahead. I, you were going to say something, I think. Yep. I, yep. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Um, no, but I think that is the crux of it. I think I was going to say something, but I forget. Uh, Shihan said something, then I was going to say something, but I forget. So, okay. Well, you know what? The, the third law uh, in the book, too, was pretty easy and uh, to understand because he simplified it by saying, make it easy. Right. And quite often, like I had just worked with one of my coaching clients. Right. And I asked him to do short term goals, long term goals, you know, of, of his school. It's a brand new school. He's just reopening. And my God, his goals were like so lofty. Like, I, you know, I want to have, you know, $80,000 a month in billing volume, 400 students. I go, why don't we start with a short-term goal and try to build from there? Um, because if you don't hit those numbers, those lofty numbers, quite often we get disappointed. So I'm like, let's start small and build on it. Let's make it easier. Do goals that you can achieve. Like you're not going to lose 60 pounds overnight. You could lose five pounds in a week or 10 pounds in a week. So let's start with stuff that's attainable. What are your thoughts on that? And in regards to, uh, you know, schools, running a school or just in general, what are your thoughts on making it easy? One of the things that we started doing, and I think it's super similar to this, is giving people a range. So instead of like a small goal and a large goal, it was like, you know, instead of saying, all right, we need to enroll 12 students this month, we would say, you need like, about, you know, 11 to 13 students. And if they got 11, they, they wouldn't feel like a complete failure. Because I feel like that's, you know, half our battle with all of our people, them feeling embarrassed or discouraged. Even though in my head, I'm thinking, oh, you got to 11, you know, it's not 12, what we really wanted, but that's still pretty solid. You know, we're, we're good. Yeah. Right. But like, they're feeling like a disappointment and a failure. And that's no good for me either. Right. That we need to, for them to feel good about themselves, to keep doing well and to feel like a success. So for them to feel like a success, we try to give them a range 
um, whether it's weekly or monthly for enrollments and stuff like that. So I think it's pretty much exactly what you did. I think we're just phrasing it a little bit differently. What do you think? Oh, about oh, one more thing, making it, making it easy. Oh, I know what I was going to yeah. say. Some people say like, especially, you know, in the beginning of the year, they talk about their health things and they say, all right, you know what? You know, I'm used to waking up at 6 a.m. every morning, but I'm getting up at four. I'm going to run five miles and then I'm going to hit the gym and then I'm going to do this. That, and they could definitely do that for a couple of days, but then right. it's going to fall apart. There's no way. But like for me personally, my goal is I have to work out a little bit every day. Now, some right. yesterday I worked out in the morning. I had this like class thing that I did like on video. And then I went swimming after that. That was a big day for workout for me. Yeah. Today I did uh, my workout in the morning, which is a 20 minute workout. That's all it is. We'll see what happens the rest of the day. Maybe I'll go for a walk with my daughter. Maybe I'll do a little dance class, like whatever. But right. like, if I was trying to get up every morning at 5 a.m. and do something insane, you know, Saturday I ran six miles last Saturday. I can't, every day I'm probably not gonna do that, you know? Right. But every day I do something. And it's again, it's a cumulative effect of, you know, if I eat cookies every day, that'd be a problem. You know, right. it could go either way. Although well, that I like the, the the story that he told about, you know, the sales sales guy who uh, I think it was paper clips or something that he had in a, in a jar and he had two jars and he wanted to make 120 sales calls every single day. So he put 120 uh, paper clips in, in, in one container and then empty. And so every time he'd make a sales call, he would take it out and then and then put it in. And you, then he could visually see that accumulating you know, throughout the day. And then he knew exactly where he was at. So he had some tangible uh, visual um, cues and motivation, you know, now whether you use marbles or paper clips or whatever, I just thought that was a really neat idea or the one that he talked about somebody that wanted to do, um, uh, you know, X number of push-ups in a day, you know, that's how many marbles they put in the jar. So that every time that they would do a push-up, they would move that over. And so by the end of the day, they've done 50 push-ups. Now, whenever they did it, they did it. But so I thought that was a really neat idea. Those small little, those small little tangible goals, um, but you can actually visually see them. And I'm sure we probably do that with ourselves and our studio, our students, right? Solomon, you were gonna say something. No, I was, I was just gonna say that it probably gives you a dopamine drip every time you get to move a paper clip or a marble. It probably gives you that, that you don't even realize it. Which it is it's just awesome. like, a, yeah, well, that's all, you know, it's about short, um, satisfaction experiences, right? Like I, I actually used to do that with my students to correct negative thought. I wanted to come up with and package it and sell it and have like three really nice mugs and then have white marbles and black marbles. And it was a recorrective thought training process where every time you said something like your boss walked in the room, you're like, ah, oh, you know, he tells you what to do. Oh yeah, he's an idiot. You'd have to take a black marble and put it in the empty cup. Every time you had a positive thought, you'd take the white marble. At the end of the day, you'd tally it up and see whether you had more black than white. And every time you recorrected thought, I would give people like on week two, the opportunity to have a negative thought, but recorrect it and say to themselves, oh, he's not really that bad of a guy. I mean, he just wants to get his job done. And then you could put that white marble in. And it was the training of the mind to try to shift that perspective. And that could be with diet. It could be with negative thoughts. It could be with anything, right? You know, and, and I think that we don't do enough training ourselves with our own personality to get that done. Salon, let me ask you this. Uh, how many times have you read the book? Because I, I've only read it once thus far, and I feel like I, I have to reread it because there's just so much in there that I got to get back out of it. So how many times I have you read it? I read it once. I listened to, a, I listened to an audio summary uh, on YouTube, which is like one of my favorite things to do. And I think I've been in two book clubs with it. We do something called the master's class, but we take people with no martial arts training at all people that are already in our sphere though, like people we already know, like, and trust that have like amazing character. They might be, and anyway, they, they go mm -hmm. from like zero business mm -hmm. skills, zero everything. And they pretty much, it's, I mean, I'm not exaggerating, it's a full-time job to them. I mean, they're working out every single day, they're reading books, they're memorizing mm -hmm. stuff. And it's, it's nine months, not guaranteed, but if they do it all, nine months they're running a school. Um, and that's, this book is part of it. So we revisit mm -hmm. it every time we do one of those classes. So I don't That's know how many awesome. times been another two or three times. That's great. I love it. So let me jump into like the other one was the, in the fourth, fourth law, um, you know, the cardinal rule was to change behavior. 
And I think that's, you know, recorrective habits or getting rid of a bad habit or, you know, that kind of thing. And I loved, what, what do you think, Dwayne, about what he said about that on how to, and there was some value stacking. It all goes back to, you know, the, uh, you know, the different uh, changes of uh, the way you set a goal or a habit and, and so on. Do you remember that portion? Uh, it's escaping me at the moment. Is that the one they talked about shock therapy? I'm, I'm just kidding. One of the stories. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. <laughs> One of the stories, I loved his stories though. Like the stories were really good. Yeah. Um, it, it's just like, you know, a lot of the things that people were business owners and, and you know, billionaires and millionaires and how, how they were able to shift their behaviors, you know? And so what I loved about this, and you'll probably remember, or even have your own insight that, you know, the cardinal rule of behavior change was finding a way for it to mean something to you, right? right? Like I'll say to my students, uh, and it's still difficult for me. I'm like, okay, we got to be in a really deep horse stance. You know, we want to make sure that we're, this is what it looks like. And I'll demonstrate it. And then they'll all do it. And then I look over here, half the room lifts their horse stance. I look over here, they, they lowered, you know, like, and they're only doing it temporarily because I'm asking them to, but they're not connecting. Like I asked one of the guys recently, I said, why didn't you come to the seminar? He goes, I didn't think it sounded interesting. And I'm like, but I told you 10 times that it, was good for you. Yeah, I know, but uh, I didn't really have an interest. And like, so it's all about how we can impress that person to understand they need to change the behavior. They have to do it better. They have to do a better stance, you know, snap their, whatever it may be, right? You know, so that was the whole concept of getting to understand the, the rules of behavioral change and why it was good. Yeah. Thoughts on that? I don't think you can make anybody change anything. I think it's, you know, they all do it in their own time and, you know, their own desire. Um, not to get off topic, but I read a book about motive. The book was called like, you can't motivate anybody. And the crux of the book was everybody is a hundred percent motivated. They're just not motivated to do what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. So the woman who sat on her couch and watched, you know, she got up every morning at 5 a.m. That's impressive. And she's, oh, yeah. she was motivated to sit on the couch and have her coffee. That's, you know, my brother plays Fortnite. You know, of course, to me, it seems like a waste of his time and he seems unmotivated. He seems lazy. He's on there with all of his friends, doing research, finding, doing things like watching YouTube videos, learning. Like, he's doing a ton of stuff. Yeah. It's not just, to me, it seems idiotic, but like for him, he is motivated. So a lot of times when we think of somebody as not motivated and we need to change their habits, we're, we're just thinking that their habits are wrong in our head. Right. But, you know, we're not going to make any changes until they decide that they want it to be different, not us. And I think, you know, that becomes the, as an instructor, that becomes the problem for us is because we might see, uh, you know, that. That's not me. Some, oh, someone, that was yeah. me. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so, so that's interesting, though. So, like, how, so I guess the only thing that we could do, and that's what I loved about this book and this as a teacher, um, like, why is it important for the parents to have their kids tie their belt and learn how to tie it themselves? I had to put enough information in front of them with supporting information that make it so that they understood that it was a benefit for them and to show that pride. And then when the kids learn, they're beaming and they have a sense of accomplishment. So I guess no matter what we're trying to do, whether it's in getting a school owner to have a better business or whether it be a student to be in better shape, we have to find a connection to their, their desire, whatever it may be. And we exactly, have to find right, a way right. to connect. It's got to be them, about right? them. It's got to be about them, not about us, which we all know that. But it's hard sometimes, I think, to like, come on, you, come on. You, I, you know, the, the example that I always use is also like, I don't think there's anybody on the planet that does not know that smoking is bad for them. Right. Right. Like, I don't think anybody's going like, wait a minute, there's research on this. Yeah. <laughs> wait, what? Or soda isn't good for them. Like, I don't think anybody's like confused. Right. Right. But like, you know, they have their own anchors, their own desires, their own, ha you know, it's like their own stuff. Right. Everybody's in and by the way, you know, w we think right now, like we're somehow better, but we're not like you talked earlier about the woman again, said she didn't have time. She has the exact same time I have. Nobody has any different time. Everybody has the exact, you know, just, but you know, what about, you know, if you look at wealth, you know, Warren Buffett, I have the same amount of time he does. Right. But somehow he's worth a hundred billion dollars and I am severely not worth that. Right. Um, so he just does different things with his time. Like he just spends his time financially more wisely than me. He clearly does. So it's not yeah. a lack of time. It's a lack of, 
me being motivated to do what he does. I mean, you know, it's not like I couldn't do it. I, I'm guessing I probably could if I could figure out what, if he would just, if he showed me, if I could mirror, follow him around for a couple of weeks, I could probably do the same thing he does. Yeah. Well, isn't that interesting? I'm sure you guys have both had people say to you, oh, you're so lucky. You got your own business and your own school and you're so lucky. And I'm like, lucky, you know, like nothing ever. My life has never been about luck. Like I've been tortured with always going backwards before I could go forward. Like I'll get a refund check from the IRS for five grand that I didn't expect. And the very next day I'll get a bill for seven from, you know, someone else, you know, so that's, it's like the Seinfeld episode. I'm always like, it does, it's opposite. He always had luck. I always had it the opposite way but uh you know that's interesting that you say that though it's uh, we all have the same ability we all have the same opportunity yet half the planet thinks they're disadvantaged while that you know it's like that i put up on facebook i don't think we all have the same opportunity i don't think that I you think don't that, think that though i think we all have the same amount of time but there's no way we have the same amount of i mean first of all country you live in is a giant you know significant thing i mean there's just warren buffett also talked about he, they talked to him about taxes and he said if he was a twin and in the womb, you, the way that you, one, one of, you know, one of him would be born in the U.S. and one would be born in any other country in the world. And the way it was decided was based on how much tax you were willing to pay. He said he would bid it up to 99% for the opportunity the U.S. presents, you know, to be in any other country. So all, although our system is broken and there's issues and you know, we can all complain about all different things. It's still the best thing going. Sure. As far as far as like opportunity, and so I do, I don't think and you know there's all kinds of different ways to talk about this. We'll probably get ourselves in trouble. But there's no way we're on an even playing field with you know like we're and, and by the way like I don't think I'm at the top rung necessarily right. Like I think someone who was you know someone who was born with more physical ability like so here's an interesting story that you guys can make fun of me about. So I had the opportunity to golf with a golf pro. I met him and he, he, he said he was a golf pro and I thought that meant teacher. So I, you know, just like said, hi, we talked to him and I walked on and Jacqueline, my partner was like, I can't believe you're not talking to that guy some more. He's a golf pro. I was like, oh, that means teacher. I walked back to him and I said, when you say golf pro, what does that mean to you? And he said, oh, I'm in the British Open next week. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. So of course we talked more because I'm just a bad person. And, um, I, a few weeks later, I went to his golf course and I played golf with him. Wow. And, you know, for me, I I was scared out of my mind. I'm not a good golfer, but of course I I like opportunity. So I play golf with him and I'm playing super well for me. Like I'm, I'm almost shaking and sweating on every shot because I'm so embarrassed about how good he is. And like halfway through I'm playing out of my mind. Good. And I say to him, so let's say like all I did was practice. How long till I can get on tour? His response was without even blinking, never. And I said, no, 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 you don't understand. I mean, like money's no object. All I do, I'll get Tiger Woods coach. He only coaches me now. He lives in my house. I just practice. He said, the answer is you'll never be on tour. And I said, why? He said, you have no physical natural ability. He said, I see your swing. You're never going to, you never be able to make it. And I was like, what are you talking about? But if I practiced, he's like, practice is going to help but you have no natural ability. He, on the other hand, got a set of golf clubs when he was 12 years old. His mom got, and he said he was furious with his parents because he never wanted to golf. Well, golf was a dumb sport. He took, he got five lessons from his golf, you know, like a golf pro game, five lessons. On the third lesson, the guy said, you're complete natural. All you have to do is practice. Now you can be on tour someday. That was the end of it, he said. He said he never really practices. He said like, yes, he does. He practices, but not like a Tiger Woods practice. Right. I said, how do you think you could do against Tiger Woods? He's like, no matter how much I practice, I can never be that good. He said, that guy could beat me any day, every day, all the time. I never have a chance. That's he said, I'm good enough. He said, I'm good enough to be on tour. He won one tournament his entire life. Bye. Bye. Bye thank you. Um, but the idea is that we're not all on equal playing fields, like intelligence levels, being born into wealth probably helps, you know, even though we say it doesn't. Um, you know, like we're just not all equal. Like, you know, we, we need, I, th- I do think we all have gifts and it's up to us to find the gift and use it but we're all certainly not equal. Like, you know, people born in like tough situations. And, you know, if you look at somebody who's born in the poverty, you know, even in this country and all they see is their, this is probably more political than it needs to be, but this is my opinion. If all they see is disaster around them and their only choice is to do illegal things. Right. I think you would do illegal things too. Like that's all there is to do. Like the only person successful is doing something wrong. Okay, well, that's my only option you know, compared to us that, you know, I went to college and my parents provided, like I wasn't born rich. I have five sisters, three brothers. My dad worked for the city his entire life. Like I wasn't born wealthy, 
but like, you know, I got to see things around me that were fine. You know, like my parents sent me to karate class. Yeah, I got to see yeah. people doing good things. So I don't think we're equal, although that's not this book. Although I, um, I, I agree and I disagree to a certain extent on certain things, but I think that like everyone has the potential and you might not be natural, natural ability, but like no, you but I think that's what Solomon's saying is he's saying that everybody has their own abilities, their own unique ability. And then you didn't say that word, but that to borrow Dan, 100%, Solomon, yes. you have your own unique ability. Um, but within the environment, you're not always presented the opportunities to discover those things. I mean, so I, would that be, would that be mindset then really? Like, let's just say we get a, an inner city kid. Well, nature versus an nurture. internet billionaire or, or like, you know, a, a rap star while all of the others are pushing drugs and killing people, like what, whatever it may be, doesn't matter race, color, creed, like what's the difference? Where do you, where do you see, like, where did, where do they get a glimpse of the potential? Like this just an off the cuff idea. Like what, so what do you think? Like, what is it? Is, is it somebody that inspired them? If the world was exposed to Anthony Robbins type messaging, if everybody was, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but he just did this whole like event on Facebook, Anthony Robbins. Yeah. And he had, uh, who's the the guy from Miami, the super famous rapper, what's his name? Um, I forget, but I remember seeing who would- Like, who... Uh, he always says like, a, he always says like 305, like, you know, his area code. Yeah. Uh, he's awesome. He said that when he was a little kid, grew up very poor, like moved house to house, but his mom always played Anthony Robbins tapes in the car and he hated it. He said, hated it, would beg to put on music. And his mom was like, when you own a car someday, you can listen to what you want. It's my car, listen to what I want. And he said like, although he hated it, the message got into his head deep. Right. And he started to realize like there's more to the world than what he saw and there was potential. So I do think what we do helps, but the idea of saying, in my, this is my opinion, the idea of saying that every starts on the same level playing field to me seems absurd because I don't, you know, if you were born into the Bush family, that's not the same thing as what I was born into. You know, you got to go to like Yale or Princeton or something as a legacy and your family is super wealthy and you're like on, uh, here's another good example. So my, uh, I was talking to a friend and we were talking about, you know, I have a little daughter. You guys can see. There she goes. That's awesome. Hello. Um, so we were talking about like what schools to go to and, and my friend's kids were going to like a private school and my sister's kids go to another private school. And he said that the school my sister's kids go to is they are designed to go to Ivy League. He said those kids won't even know anything but Ivy League. Mm -hmm. He said like the entire process, like from kindergarten to 12th grade is designed to make them an Ivy League student. Like every little piece of it. You know, they have like they have like they have like their own shark tank for the school where the kids get to invent stuff and then pitch like people to, you know, like, you know, they all have to come up with the entrepreneurial ideas in like eighth grade or something like, right. like everything about it is designed to get them into Ivy League. He said, literally, they will know nothing but Ivy League. That's not, right. it, not, it wouldn't be a choice. Mm. Not everybody gets that. Like, that's crazy. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you have, to be, you have to be born into a family that gives you that. Yeah, I guess it is about how you're raised and thoughts that you have. And not that, not that anybody can't do it. I think they can. I, you know, there's plenty of people that overcome, you know, Oprah and, you know, overcome challenges you know steve jobs uh you know overcomes all kinds of issues uh you know he's adopted this that and the other thing and can't you know quits college still becomes steve jobs like you know people overcome things but yeah. you know you're starting at a different though, level another tony robbins story i think it was from awaken the giant within he interviewed two twin brothers and um he interviewed one brother and he's you know the questions are all the same for both and um, anyway, long story short, after the questions, the guy said, well, what do you expect? I, it was due to the way I was raised. And that guy was in prison for double homicide, right? Then he asked, interviewed the other brother. The guy's like, what do you expect? It's the way I was raised. And he was a brain surgeon. So two of the same upbringings, but it was just about mindset. It could be flawed mindset. It could be genetics. It could oh, be I think they had like an alcoholic parent or something, right? Yeah, like yeah. I would never become an alcoholic because right. I learned not to do it. But the other one was like, you know, my dad is, what am I supposed to do? I just had exactly. to do it. Yeah. So the same exact situation. One was, yeah, whatever it was. Right. So it's always that concept of how we take things too. But then again, that's training. Like, you know, my daughter, she's 21. She thinks way differently than her friends because she's been around me her whole life with the motivational stuff and the Tony Robbins and the way I raised her. So she does think differently than the majority well, of kids her age, I, you know? Yeah. And I think this kind of, you know, I'm going to wind this into what we're talking about with re regards to atomic habits, you know, 
those those little those little uh, hinges swing big doors. It just all depends on <clears throat> what the little hinges are. And right. so if you are taught uh, little hinges that you know are cracked and rusted and you know have all this bad influence, then the door that it's going to swing is going to be a bad habit in most cases. And then the opposite is true, I think. <clears throat> now, that's stereotypical, but I think it also is, I think it's provable with regards to statistics as well. You know, more, more people that have, uh, the majority of people that have more opportunities end up doing more with their life. And people that have less opportunities have a tendency to do, quote unquote, less with their life. But I think it's all based upon the information that they're, that they're given. I mean, I know that when I read this book, I had several aha moments. And that was only based upon the new information that I got or, or the, it was said in a way that it was, oh, I've known that, but I just needed this one little key to finish that off. Yeah. Yeah. I, Dwayne, I, I thought that was interesting too. Like, uh, you know, like there's a TV show out now called the billionaire something or other next door and it's about billionaires that put themselves into extreme poverty but just with their mentality how they're able to work themselves out of it real quickly not because they have a rich friend that could loan them a million bucks but more about the, the the educational and the knowledge they have on how they would think differently than the other person who's in a bad situation and that happened with morgan spurlock in a show that he did called 30 days and he'd be put in uh no money, get $100 in cash, he'd be put in a hotel with his wife and they were broke and they had to get food and pay and get rent and find a job and how they were able to pull themselves out based on their education. And not everyone has that. It's not even education because education is a small portion like, you know, the public school education, but, you know, common sense, business concepts, investing, all those things has to be a, a learned skill. Yeah, the proper information. I know we're coming up on time, but and and I want to respect everybody's time. Solomon, uh, with regards to atomic habits, what what are some things in there that we have not discussed that we we can discuss that you you definitely want to hit point wise? I I think we did a great job of uh, staying on target and not going off the rails, um, and you uh, helping us stay there, sir. So uh, <laughs> I think we're good. Okay. All right. So Dwayne, what do you think? Close on and, I'll, and we'll do a final final statement thing. Well, you know, look, the reason I asked you, uh, you know, how many times have you read the book is because I really truly believe that I have to go back and reread it and reread my notes based upon it as well. And then I want to create, personally, I want to create some action steps for myself out of that. And then I, my thought was, man, you know, my leadership team, my storm team, um, I, I, I want to create some things from that book. I'm not going to rewrite the book. That's not what I mean. But I think I want to create some small little um, ideas that I want those teams to learn from without having to read the whole book, just because some of them are kids. And I don't know that they're going to be able to pick it up. So I got to, I got to put it in a, in a fashion that they're going to be able to, to digest it with some actionable ideas and some actionable thoughts uh, to go along with it. But wouldn't it be neat that, you know, kind of like the, the, uh, the book, uh, what is it to uh, make, make, make my bed or make your yeah. bed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just taking some of those concepts from atomic habits, introducing that into, you know, the teams that I already have in place with some more actionable um, plans for them and to see where that actually goes, uh, I think would be really neat uh, to do. So that's my, my plan with regards to the book is to, uh, to reread it, uh, reread my notes and then come up with some actionable ideas as well so that uh, everybody grows uh, from it. Although um, I am going to, uh, I've got a new hire that uh, is going to start next week and a new program director. I'm not, uh, she's going to get this book, but not, not initially. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just bought it for my friend and, and, uh, and Amazon shipped it to his house and uh, we'll see how he, uh, you know, how he likes it as well. And it's funny, we had another book, Make My Make My Bed that you mentioned, right? Make Your Bed or whatever. Um, we had started this little thing, which is kind of funny. I read the book and I wrote a little note inside the book 
and I passed it on and shipped it to a friend of mine. And then he was supposed to read it, write a few little notes and ship it to another friend. And uh, it got to the third stop, which was one of our good friends. And it never left. His, it's still sitting on his shelf. He didn't read it. He's like, I got to get to that book. I mean, you realize that was five years ago that I sent that to you, you know, that kind of thing. And it just certain people are just not going to do it. Like you said, you can't motivate certain people to do certain things. But um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. So, all right. So, in closing, Solomon, any, yeah, any any final? Uh, I could input? not go above and beyond the wisdom that you guys just shared. I love <laughs> it very much. Uh, good luck with your new hire. There is it an outside hire, inside hire. It actually is an outside hire. This will be the first time that I've really hired from outside. Um, but I, I and I could not pick. Honestly, I had a lady from inside, a lady from outside. So I had my head instructor do the second interview, and you know I'm just going to lean on his wisdom that because he's going to be in charge of her. So, you know, anyway, so uh, I forget who it was, but one of the, you know, motivational people, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was, but anyway, he said that he said that interviews are all a waste of time. The only way to really understand anything is just they have to just do the job. That's all there is. Just do the job, see how it goes. That's the only real way to do it. Um, Is there any way I'm just throwing this out there to let them both do it? And then uh, pick the best one or open it or if they that, if they that is an outstanding idea. That's a yeah. really good idea. Allie already told me that last week on Friday. Here's the reason I'm not going to do it. I did talk to another gentleman. Uh, he owns, I think, uh, eight, seven or eight uh, health food stores. Um, and he said, you're trying to build a team. Um, and by having a competition between both of them, that takes away from the team building. He said, I think you just need... What, but what, what if it's not a competition? What I mean, it's sort of a competition in your eyes, but like for me, like the only assets we truly have are the people. That's all there really is, right? So if they were both good, I would open up another school. Like it would just be like, like I would keep them both part-time for as long as I could, but like talk to both of them about like, you know, what their goals are. And if one of them had like an ownership mentality, which is different than a working mentality, then I'd be like, okay, great. You know, now we have to find a head instructor to match with you, but at least we have half that, you know, we have half of it solved. And I would try and keep them both. I mean, to me, it's no different than any other, you know, if you're, if you're investing in your retirement account, this is more valuable. And I, I had said Solomon to Dwayne too, that I said, listen, they're, they're, they're as much interviewing us when they come on board as we are them. And, and I always thought like I had the upper hand, I'm going to hire you. And, and quite often I would do an interview with people and they wouldn't, follow back up with me and they because maybe I didn't impress them they didn't like the school they didn't like me um you know so they're always everyone's interviewing each other but I also said it it, it is a challenge we want to see how they perform over a period of time because people are great interviewers they're great they have great resumes they could talk the talk they're professionals at it um my uh my ex-wife she's still my best friend and my daughter's mom she works for a fortune 500 company and she does human resources she finds out people are falsifying their resumes like they'll literally say they know how to do microsoft word and, and website design and when it comes time to their job they don't know any of the stuff and she has to let them go she's like you lied about everything so uh so we they're hoping that they could have figured it out in the week that they had you know to get in there so i told Joanna, i said sometimes you could have both of them working and no competition, but see how they do over the course of two weeks and then say, this yeah, thing. I mean, it could just be exactly right. It could just be like, hey, I love both of you guys. And, you know, our most valuable thing are people. So I want both of you guys, you know, and, and they also, you, I think as head instructors, we make a lot of assumptions for people. And sometimes just by asking them, it makes a difference. Like maybe they would want, which would be ideal for you, I think to do like they each work 40 they each work 20 hours a week kind of thing like you know they, they have like job sharing which is super popular now uh, because they have other things to do at home or whatever and then if one does flake out you have somebody that's already doing the job they she just fills in that time like it's no big deal like he's, he's 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 frustrated now and like we just threw a wrench <laughs> do, you have one, do you have one school i have one school well if well listen if they're both awesome do it for a couple weeks if she's willing to relocate, I'll hire her. We have, we always have a spot. Like literally like somebody just came to us from a, a local school and they said like, Mr. Silva sent them to us and said, you know, he wants more opportunity. And the truth is all of our schools have full-time people and very rarely does anyone ever leave. And I was talking to one of our other guys. I was like, what should I do with this guy? Like, I want to, you know, I want to, he seems nice, but we don't really have a spot for him. And he's like, literally like one of our instructors was like, I'll pay him $50,000 tomorrow. He's like, I'll do it. He's like, done. He'll keep going work for me. 
he's like, I'll just open up another school with him in a, in a year. He said, when I find the other person that, you know, like, like, you know, it's just a great investment. Like, I think if you think they're both awesome, if one of, you know, if you're only, if, you know, sometimes you're also hiring people, I think, because it's like, they're only, they're, you know, they're, they're only person standing there, which right. is never good. Well, they, if you're Dwayne, an opportunity of two good people. Dwayne had this massive, uh, um, funnel set up for people to actually go through like you know they had to jump through like multiple hoops just well, to even get the interview right yeah so they first had to do a survey fill out some basic information and at the end of the survey they had to click or they had to type in the word bluebird and then hit submit so then i get that I and then, don't do that i'm sure uh no because i had probably close to 18 people uh you know start the process and then i only got down to uh actually four face-to-face -face interviews. So from Bluebird to send me back your resume with uh, um, uh, Pink Elephant in the subject line to then uh, scheduling a time to do a phone interview with me that uh, if you don't show up on time, I don't even answer the phone to then showing up to a physical interview. And then we only did two people did a, a second interview. So. so I have a question. So the, I know we're still recording. The caliber, you, so you're, you want somebody to jump through a lot of hoops, right? So that's a certain kind of person that's willing to do that. Is the job equal to that caliber person? Like sometimes you know, we, want, we want someone that, you know, that should be making $150,000 a year, but we want to pay them 45. You know what I mean? It's like that caliber, you know, you want somebody that's like a professional, but you know, we're not going to pay them like a professional. Well, I, I just want them to be able to follow directions. And if you can't follow directions, like if you can't call me on time, then forget it. I, and I agree with that too. Right, right. But I do think, though, too, the point of entry was a lot more difficult. But what, that's okay, though. You ended up with two people um, that actually made it through the funnel. And out of the two, now you have to pick one. Um, no, apparently I'm supposed to hire both. Well, no, you I, don't have to. Stop, 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 stop. Have you guys read Decisive, the book? No. Uh, no. So Decisive is like, one, it's like this book, amazing. And one of the things it talks about is most times when we make a decision, we're making it over two or three options. But the reality of it, there's 12 other options that we could be choosing from, but our brain doesn't think that way. So he, you again, you just said you have to choose. You don't have to do anything. Like they can work part-time. You could do one and put the other one on hold. You, maybe one is uh, the, only the Saturday person. The other one's during the week. Maybe you, you know, the, and by the way, the one that's already part of your school, like to me, I always think that's better because there's an instructor relationship, not just an employer relationship. However, it was a parent of kids, right? Yeah, but they still, yeah, but, yeah, but they, they still look at you, you know, as, as sensei or Mr. Brahmet, you know what I mean? They're not looking at you as like Dwayne, the karate guy that gives me a salary, right? There's a different relationship feeling. Agreed. Um, I, I was talking to a friend who had like 50 karate schools. So it's in my head. I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And, uh, you know, his response was, Solomon, you don't want this. I was like, why? He said, because I know what you already have. And, you know, everybody calls you, sir. And they're like honored to be in your presence and they want to learn from you. He's like, my people, I'm a service provider. It's what have you done for me lately? And that's, there's no relationship. He said, I try to build it, but you know, there's, they're just business people that are like, are using my systems. Right. And it's not the same feelings. And when he told me that, I was like, yeah, I don't, you're right. I don't want that. Like it'd be cool to have 50 schools, but that's not the life that I want. I want like this culture. I want this like family kind yeah. of thing where like everybody's root, you know, people are calling me for like, Hey, I think about negotiating on this house. You know, can you look at it for me? You know right. what I mean? Like we're all like connected, not like I'm just the service. I'm just their accountant or something, or I'm just right. their franchise guy. Yeah. So like I, the idea both could, I would get them both. And I know uh, you're crossing, your body language right now is making me feel like I'm making you uncomfortable. And I'm so sorry. You don't have to apologize. No, I I've been, I've been struggling over this anyways, but I already called the lady and told her she's got the job. Yeah, but what, you gave her full-time, the full-time position or? It's not a full-time. It's only part-time anyways. Right. So I, I guess I could call the other one. I haven't told her anything yet. I could say, yes, you, you got the job, but, but I'm hiring both of you. Right. Yeah. And, and it could be looked at either as, in my opinion, as a trial mem membership, trial basis to see how they do um, for both them and you. Or, and you may find out that they have distinctively different qualities that could benefit your organization. One and, might and, be incredible at sales while the other one is more of a bookkeeper. So like you might find that you have- Or a, a teacher. Front, yeah, or te teaching could be or something like that too. And Solomon just to kind of give you some- kid, They could, you know, the, the one woman, if she's like has kids, and also the woman who had kids in the program, she's selling from her heart for you. You know what I mean? Like she paid for it already. She's already, she paid for it with money and her time and her kids' lives. 
Like I always think to me that would, and I don't know, she, she might not be a good fit. I totally get that also. I'm gonna say like from my thoughts, like they would be like the other things. And then she could also turn into like a little ninja for us, like three to six year old instructor. Like she's super into it. I would also, we don't have anybody that doesn't train in the martial arts. Like I, I wouldn't be against hiring somebody from the outside, but they have got to be training. Like if they have got to be like, a, they have to, you know, it's like driving a Ford and selling a Chevy. Like, how does that work? Mm. Right. Yeah, what kind of car do you have? Well, well I, I, I don't train here. Like, I think yeah. like they have got to be training. And if they don't, I don't think it's going to work. Right. They've got to like believe in the Kool-Aid. You know what I mean? They got to like, like the system. All right. Well, Dwayne, we're going to leave you with that. <laughs> I just made your life much worse. I'm so sorry, sir. You don't have to apologize. It's not worse. It's just options. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, you do have a few, like I, like I said before, that's what I, that was my initial in, advice as well. See how they both work out. And, and like I said, you might find two incredibly ben, you know, beneficial employees to your organization. So but anyway, now I got to go back to her. I got to go back to her and, and, and say, you know, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, I forgot to tell you that I'm, I'm hiring um, both of you. I, 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 you know, you don't have to say that. You didn't, you didn't tell her you weren't hiring the other person. You don't have to say anything. It could just be an assumptive thing. We have two enrollment directors. There are schools with two enrollment directors. You don't have to go back like, oh, sorry, I didn't tell you this. It could just be like, oh, and let me introduce you to your partner on the deal. Right. Okay. I agree. All right. Well, let, we'll fill you in next week on what he, what Dwayne decides. Oh, this saga continues. This is a great cliffhanger for our next episode. I so, love it. Yeah. So Solomon, nice meeting you. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Congratulations again on that beautiful child of yours. Amazing. Yeah, we talked about this. Dwayne's got some children that are older in college and graduated and right you you're well children. yeah my kids are 31 and then 27 and then 18 and then i have three grandchildren as well so he's a granddad so you got but you got this beautiful little bundle of joy that literally like we talked about it last time that she, and my daughter's right now in the kitchen i don't know if she can hear me but literally still to this day melts my heart every little thing that i do is for her and my fiance so congrats on that enjoy every moment of it Thank you, guys. Have a great day. All Thanks right, Dwayne, I'll talk to you soon. You guys take care. Bye. Sayonara. Hey, uh, Allie, before we go. We're still live. I know. That's fine. I'm fine. Uh, so I do want to remind everybody that, uh, uh, you know, if you're looking for Facebook ads, reach out to our uh, Facebook guy, right? So Gus right. Lopez with uh, Lead, Lead Hunter Media. Uh, right. You can go to lead, leadhuntermedia.com. Um, also spark membership is our, our, uh, membership software that we use. So check them out. And then eliteinsights.com. That is, uh, Allie's website company. So eliteinsights.com. And uh, of course, if you're looking to add health coaching into your martial arts school, um, give me a holler. Let me know. I'd love to help. Yeah. And wait, one, one more we just got a new, uh, expert, expert council member sponsor coming on with us from Academy Kings and uh, he's uh, a new sponsor now. So uh, this is our first episode and he's all signed up and ready to go. Soon you'll be seeing the commercial with him and getting some plugs in between our broadcasts. So I'm super excited. And we have some other sponsors slash expert advisors that will be coming on with us too um, in the near future. So thanks for all the support you guys. And thanks for checking with us and letting us know that you're interested. Right. And then go to schoolownertalk.com. Again, schoolownertalk.com to listen to all of the uh, other broadcasts that we had before, because this is uh, our 200 and I think 71st or 72nd episode. Yep, so. Absolutely. All right. Have a good day, Allie. All right. Take care, bud. I'll see you soon. Good luck with the hire. Thanks. Bye. Bye.